Amen. Thank you, Shane. I just want to make a, uh, a reminder. Wednesday night, Master Clubbers, the Pine Car Derby starts at 6.30. Now, that's earlier than normal, so be sure and, and uh, be here at 6.30 as the racing will begin right away. So 6.30 begins our Pine Car Derby. Take your Bible this evening and turn to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30. Deuteronomy, chapter 30. How can I love God more? Well, we've mentioned several different ways that the Bible says that we can love God more. Well, tonight, another, another way in which we can come to God and we can follow what He says, the end result being, according to the Bible, loving God more. I don't think we would debate in the fact that God has, is certainly worthy of all of our love. In fact, He commands it. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart soul and mind. He wants all of it, not just part of it. He's not satisfied with 90%. He wants all of our hearts. Tonight we're going to be talking about choosing to love God. How do I love God? Well, I have to choose to love God. One of these days I'm going to be at the end of my life, my early, earthly life, and and it may be this evening. The Lord may call us all home tonight, and my days will be over, my earthly days. I may be, He's going to give us many, many more years before that. I may have many more years to live and to serve the Lord. I don't know, but when I get to the end of my days and look back on my life, I'll realize even more acutely then that how I finish my life will primarily be as a result of the decisions I made throughout my life. Now, now, we are called to make decisions every day. What shirt do I put on? What tie do I wear? What time do I get up? So many decisions we make. We go to the restaurant. What do I order? One of my daughters, to this day, struggles with making simple decisions. What do I order at the restaurant half an hour later if you don't order we're eating without you <laughs> we're just making decisions i wear on my left hand on this ring right here the result of a decision that i made one of the best decisions i made in my life and was to say i do to that woman right there vice versa great decision now prior to that i said i do to the lord 11-year-old, I said, I do. I made a decision to trust the Lord for salvation. Now, I'm so glad. I'm going to finish my life. I'm going to realize that the decisions I made along the way largely determined the outcome of my life. So how can I love God more? I must choose to love God more. I looked it up online. Just trying to find out how can I be a better decision maker. Well, according to the University of Massachusetts, Dartmouth, decision-making is the process of making choices by identifying a decision, gathering information, and assessing alternative resolutions. They offer seven steps to effective decision-making. Number one, identify the decision. Number two, gather information. Number three, identify alternatives. Number four, weigh the evidence. Number five, choose among alternatives. Number six, take action. Number seven, review your decision. I found in another site nine characteristics of bad decision-making. Number one, sloppiness. Number two, failure to anticipate. Number three, 
indecisiveness. Number four, relying on old processes. Number five, ignoring strategy. Number six, overdependence. Number seven, isolation. Number eight, lack of technical understanding. Steps to effective decision making, steps to bad decision making. You know, as I read through this list, you don't really have to prepare to make bad decisions. Those are the automatic ones. Those are the defaults, making bad ones. To make a good decision, it takes some work, it takes some effort, it takes some preparation. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, in verse number 15, let me read that for you. Deuteronomy 30, beginning in verse 15. See, I have set before thee this day life and good, and death and evil, and that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments, and his statutes, and judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply, and the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. Moses commanded the people to love God. I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, keep his commandments. If they obeyed, they would live and multiply, and God would bless them. But, verse 17, But if thine heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear, but shalt be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce you this day, that ye shall surely perish, and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land, whither thou goest over Jordan to go to possess it. So, choosing to love God would end in blessing. Choosing to not obey God would result in their days being cut short in the promised land. Love God, blessing. Failure to love God, days cutting short. I found out in verse number 19 that this Choosing the right thing is not an automatic thing. Verse 19, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, notice these next two words, choose life. How can you love God more? I told you at the beginning, choose God. Well, he says right here, choose life. I'm going to set before you decisions between life and death between blessing and cursing, and it's your choice. Moses said, therefore, choose life, that both thou and my seed may live, notice verse 20, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, that thou mayest obey his voice, thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life, and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give them. So how can I love the Lord thy God more? Here's how he says, choose life, choose his way, choose the way of God, and then thou mayest love the Lord thy God. So it's not automatic. He sets out choices. You can choose this, you can choose this. You can choose the right way, you can choose the wrong way. Really, it's up to you. If you choose the right way or choosing God, you will be love God more. Choose to love God in order that you might love God and obey His voice and cleave to Him and that you might dwell in the promised land. Well, how can I love God more? Make a decision. Make a decision. Choose. Decide. Loving God more will result in obeying Him and cleaving to Him. 
How many times do we neglect making the decisions that we know we should make? Or set the table there with decisions, things that in our life that, that we know we should make, and we just put it off. It's, it's not a complicated decision. It's, it's a challenging decision. Because if we choose this, it's going to demand a lot from us. If we choose not to do it, it, it we, may about, we may be displeasing the Lord, so we're just going to put it off. Isn't it amazing how fast time flies? And how much time can sweep by from that decision, and all of a sudden, we're looking back two or three months on that decision. It's not automatic. It is, in fact, time-sensitive. In Joshua 24, verse 15, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, Joshua tells his people, choose you this day whom ye will serve whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He says to choose this day. This day. There's an encouragement of choosing in the day that you hear it. Hebrews 3.13, But exhort one another daily, while it's called today. Lest any of you be hardened, through the deceitfulness of sin. Take care of it today when the decision is before you. He says, make that decision to do the right thing. In that day, choose ye this day. There are parameters to be heard by God in 2 Corinthians 6, 2. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. How many times? as the Spirit of God moved in a person's spirit. And that lost person knows that they're facing a decision that could affect the rest of their lives, but they put it off. The Spirit of God knocks again. So when it comes along and shares the gospel, the Holy Spirit stirs them once again, but they put that off. It's not long before their heart becomes insensitive to the Spirit. Why? Because he said, now is the day. Now is the accepted time. There are parameters here of God's timing. It's interesting because in, this, in our verse here, evil. The word evil, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, literally means worthless or good for nothing. Joshua says, if it seems worthless to you to serve the Lord, if it seems worthless before you, he said. Number three. Failure to choose leaves one vulnerable. Vulnerable. Our natures are typically drawn to the path of least resistance. <laughs> We're like water. Whatever's easiest. And meaning it seemed easier to worship the gods they could see with their eyes. The longer we linger in indecision, the more opportunities the devil has to tempt you in one of his ways. Now, choosing God has benefits. It produces, first of all, fruit. Psalm 119, verse 30, I have chosen the way of truth, the psalmist says. Thy judgments have I laid before me. I have stuck unto thy testimonies. O Lord, put me not to shame. I will run the way of thy commandments, when thou shalt enlarge my heart. This little phrase, choosing the way of truth, 
The word truth here literally means firmness or moral fidelity, trustworthiness. I have chosen the way of truth or stability, firmness. I have chosen that way. What's the result? Well, first of all, it keeps God's word visible. Thy judgments have I laid before me. I can see them. I keep God's word in my heart, in my mind, as well as reading and studying them daily. Cling to God's word. He says, I have stuck unto thy testimonies. I've stuck to them like glue. Cling to the word of God. De Deuteronomy 10.20, Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God. Him shalt thou serve, and to him shalt thou cleave and swear by his name. And then enthusiastically, follow God's word. I will run the way of thy commandments. David made a decision to be dedicated to the truth. His decision resulted in greater commitment to God's word. Psalm 119, verse 9, Wherewithal shall the young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto, according to thy word. Verse 11, Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. Enthusiastically follow God's word. Next, it energizes one's prayers. Choosing God energizes one's prayers. Psalm 119, 173, Let thine hand help me, for I have chosen thy precepts. Choosing to love God and obey Him aids one's prayers. David's choice to love God and follow His word left him on good ground to request help from God. Proverbs 15, verse 8, The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. Did you stop to pray today? Was there a time, any time from the time you woke up first this morning till now where you prayed to the Lord? Notice the prayer of the upright is his delight. It thrills his heart. In Proverbs 15, 29, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. In John 9, 31, now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God, and doeth his will, him he heareth. The fool refuses to choose to love God. How can I love God more? I can choose to love him. And if I choose to not love him, or if I refuse to choose, I become a fool. Proverbs 1.22, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity, and the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. For, verse 29, for that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They didn't choose it. His reason? He hates knowledge. Literally referring to the truth of God. Fools mock the truth and they despise it. The truth stands contrary to their way and they try to destroy it. Next, in Isaiah 56, verse 4. Choosing God puts us in a special position with God. For thus saith the Lord, unto the eunuchs that keep my Sabbaths, and choose the things that please me, and take hold of my covenant. Even unto them will I give in mine house and within my walls a place, and a name better than the sons and of daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Under the Old Testament law, eunuchs were forbidden from being part of the congregation of Israel, Deuteronomy chapter 23. However, 
though considered among the lowest class in Judah. They were despised. They were looked down on. They were not allowed to be part of the general congregation. Yet God had an encouraging announcement to those who were choosing to love God and obey Him. God said they would have a special reward in heaven along with a very special relationship. Mary chose to be with Jesus. Made her sister quite mad. In Luke 10, 41, And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. You've got three lovely daughters. That makes them sisters. Sisters sometimes can be very competitive. Sisters can sometimes not get along. Mary and Martha were no different. They didn't always get along. Here Martha's in the kitchen working, 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 trying to get the meal prepared. Where's Mary? Well, Mary's out there listening to Jesus as he shares his heart. Mary, Martha keeps coming out and looking in there. Mary, psh, psh, Mary, I need, come, come on back here. I need you. Of course, Martha's just perspiring as she's working. And Mary's just sitting there, looking, eating that all up. Now, at first glance, I would say, Mary, get in there and help your sister. But isn't it interesting the foresight that Jesus had? Mary's chosen the good part. See, I'm not always going to be with you. She's chosen to love me and to learn from me. Martha, why don't you come sit with us? You know, you know that, that elaborate meal? We can have peanut butter and jelly, but, but what we're doing right now is so much more important. Said, Mary chose to be with Jesus. One commentator suggested that Martha was all stressed out over the many dishes that she was preparing for the meal. He told her that only one thing or one dish was necessary. <laughs> All we need is this one thing to eat, Martha. And here you are working on this elaborate meal. Mary had chosen the best dish by being with Jesus. You know, of all the decisions we make, being with Jesus is one of the most important. Peter chose to be with Jesus. In John 6, beginning in verse 66, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus had just finished that dissertation on the bread of life. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. But he started by saying, you must believe in me. You must believe. And understand, we just shared this just a couple weeks ago, well, that Jesus was the bread of life. And he started this, this discussion out saying, you must believe, you must believe, you must believe. Now, if you don't believe, you're not going to understand what I'm about to say. Well, most of the Jews chose to not believe. And so shortly thereafter, he started saying, you've got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Well, the, here you're talking Preaching cannibalism, that's an abomination. He lost them completely. And most of those disciples, not the twelve, most of those on the hillside listening to him left. 
they abandoned him. No longer to be a disciple. That's the degree that they left him. Because they, they couldn't get what he was saying. Jesus looks at his own 12 and says, will you also leave? Peter's the spokesman. And Peter said, where are we going to go? You're the real Messiah. You have the words of eternal life. I'm choosing to stay with you. I may not understand you always, but you're the real deal. Joshua 24, 15, Choose you this day whom ye will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. When we went out to Red Robin with the Clavon family, they've got this menu printed front and back. Oh, the choices on there. My land. They must have 30 different, 40 different ways to have a hamburger. I mean, really? Hamburger? Ketchup, mustard, or not? I mean, there's so many different ways to have a hamburger. You could spend an hour just deciding, oh, man. But at the end of your life, is it going to matter? But those times that you had a choice to make between choosing the Lord and not. Probably if I went around tonight and asked you, you could tell me about crossroads in your life time that you came to what you know was a crossroad, and had you chosen differently, you wouldn't be here tonight. By God's grace, by God's grace only, He helped us at those crossroads to take, make that decision for Him. And all of us can talk about decisions where we came to a crossroad and we made a wrong decision, but hopefully we learned from that decision. But now I'm seeing you seated here and you're still breathing. As far as I can tell, you're still breathing, you're still taking oxygen, you're still living. Which means you're not dead yet, which means you still have some crossroads coming up, which means tonight, tomorrow morning, the next day, you're going to have some more decisions to make. You're going to come to a crossroad. Should I choose to love God or not? Should I get up in the morning and have time with the Lord or sleep in? Should I do this or not? Should I choose life or death? Which should I choose? Your life from now to the time you die, from now to the time you see Jesus, is going to be filled with decisions. He's saying this. How can I love God more? Choose God. Choose God. Of late, of late, I'll see a picture of myself or be walking by a mirror and look at the mirror and say, who is that old man in the mirror? Good night. When did my dad show up? It was just yesterday that I was entering the ministry. It was just yesterday when I was 28 and starting the Jolly 60s ministry. Just yesterday. Just yesterday when we held our first baby in our arms. Just yesterday. And now two of my girls have four babies of their own. My oldest grandson turning 16 today? Today. Good night. Where did the time go? Oh, the decisions that have come and gone. I can't change the decisions of yesterday, but I can certainly prepare for the decisions today and tomorrow. So let's, as the body of Christ, let's choose to love God. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we 
this evening do not question your worthiness of our love. We know, Lord Jesus, that you died on the cross for us, and we are so appreciative of that. The problem is not that we believe you're worthy. The problem is we in our flesh tend to want to live our lives the way we want to live them. And we don't always like making the decisions that we need to make. And so, Lord, tonight I'm asking you to strengthen us. Lord, for us to see you for who you are. To give us a realization of the importance of the time. To help us redeem the time. And Lord, I pray that we might help, you to help us to love you more. And we'll thank you for it. Thank you for all you've done. You deserve all the love of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.